Hey everyone, welcome to Metaphysical. In this four-part series, we're talking about the paranormal, strange, satanic, and out-of-this-world phenomena that are all part of the mysterious Bridgewater Triangle in southeastern Massachusetts. In part two, we'll be talking about the satanic cults, strange murders, and things that just don't make sense in this area. Did you think that the satanic panic and ritual sacrifice were just fiction? Well, get ready for a show that's out of this world. And if you're listening to the metaphysical podcast or, you know, I don't know, just like it. Just like it. Subscribe, <laughs> man. Just do like, it. Like, subscribe. If you can, just, give us a review. You know. Oh, man. <laughs> How you doing, uh, John? Good. I just can't, like, get words out. It's uh, all sometimes good. Sometimes that happens. <laughs> Did you want to reach like us, please? <laughs> okay. All right. Well, here we go. So. Part two. One of the things uh, I think that's so interesting, we were kind of getting into this before we started, was it's this interesting conversation about, in a way, what makes the Bridgewater Triangle so bizarre and what also makes it such a credible, such a credible instance of paranormal activity, which is the Northeastern spirit <laughs> that's yeah. very hard to take seriously, where you have... Um, you know, all of these people that are like townies, basically, that are basically it's what you would get if you went into a local bar almost anywhere and you were trying to talk to the local people to get information about strange stuff that was going on. And it just so happens that these people were given a platform to talk about all the weird stuff that's going on here. Like, I'm sure we could have similar shows like this all about the state of louisiana it's such a weird right. state and you'd get but you get a different attitude you know in terms of the people are a little bit different because people just are different across the united states uh, and there was this like one particular one interview that was really cracking Lindsay and i up on um what was this this show it was sort of like it we were almost calling it part two to the bridgewater triangle documentary it wasn't but it was this it was called Small Town Monsters. It was a YouTube channel called Small Town Monsters. It was all about the Bridgewater Triangle. And there was an interview of a guy who, this bald-headed guy with big blue blockers on, and he has a New England Patriots sweater, sweatshirt on, and he's talking about the craziest stuff that happened to him right around the Hawk. Was it the Free State Town Forest or was it the Hawk Mock Swamp? One of them. Anyway, hilarious. But the way that the guy was delivering the information was just so like... He had just got up from watching a New England Patriots game and and drove down the street to start talking to them about all the crazy stuff he experienced in the area. Right. You know I mean? Yeah, it's hilarious. I, uh, when I watch a lot of these interviews, it's hard for me to understand the the relationship with some of the people to the phenomena because I'm like used to specific types of looks and attitudes with people in researching the phenomena. But then you have a guy like, you know, wearing a New England's Patriot shirt and those, you know, blue blockers and <laughs> like, who's like investigating the Bridgewater Triangle, you know? And it's like, wait, what? This is just like not really connecting for me, which like you said, it actually makes it more credible. Like, like, you know, it's, they're a townie. It's like they live in this small little circle of a world. And so for the most part, I'm not saying it's not denigration, but it's like, you don't want your friends to think you're crazy, right? You, you, because you got a, a football game to go to next week, you know? But 
but you're talking about Bigfoot on TV. So yeah, right. Well, and and a lot of the people there are like careful about sharing some of these stories because it's it is so strange. Like no one it, wherever you go anywhere right now, you're going to get criticized if you start talking about things that you saw that that you can't explain. But the strange thing is so many people in the area have had these experiences that once it gets brought up while someone's at the bar, it gets into a lively conversation right away. Right. Right. You know, it's, and, it's like when you look at, at YouTube videos, for instance, I always go to the comments because in the comments on this stuff, man, people are relating their experiences. Yes. And and that's, and that's where it gets fun actually is, you right. know, when, you know, especially, you know, when, when I was doing work on the Montauk project, having people chime in from Montauk to talk about all the crazy stuff. And, and that's so close. That area, by the way, is very close to Rhode Island. It's right across the bay. Right. Basically. Everything's just a stone's throw away. Yeah. yeah. And Rhode Island, where that is in Rhode Island, there's so much strange stuff going straight up through the Bridgewater Triangle. So from Montauk up there, you've got just such a large amount of bizarre stuff going on. Um, yeah. And, and, and it is true. It's like, that is the the northeastern spirit is no one really cares as long as you're just doing your thing for the most part and everyone will directly say what they think is on their mind and and i just think it's so funny that most of the time when we're watching these things on tv we've got that guy from the west coast or the graham hancocks of the world right. that can present themselves in a very like sort of proper or it fits the bill whereas in the Northeast, it's like you've just got people from all walks of life that are just getting onto TV talking about what they saw, or they're they're in what is it an EVP expert, you know, where they're where they're like listening to sounds of ghosts and they have got a extremely strong New England accent. They're like, yeah, my aunt from uh, from the town over came and we saw the craziest thing, and I got this in a recording. Right. You know, and <laughs> right, right. Great. I know but, it's insane. But it is. It's like it's like you're, you're while you're watching that documentary or while you're listening to these stories, you feel like you're at that bar listening to to a friend that's telling you something that happened to them. Right, and, right, and it's exactly. hard to stop listening, you know, in a yeah. weird way. Yeah, I, I totally agree. It's 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 weird and off putting and genuine at base. It just is genuine. Yeah. And, you know, just so that everybody knows, if you if you didn't watch the last episode, I, I live in this. I, I grew up. I don't live now, but I grew up in this area. I spent a lot of time in this general area and I understand the people really well because I'm from there. You know, um, just like listening to these accents just took me back to, to childhood. It was it was really fun for for me researching all of this. Um, now, one of the things that I think. You know, we haven't really gotten too much into um, we have just peripherally, but we haven't directly gone after or talked about satanic cult worship um, or for the most part, serial killing, which we will get into <laughs> at some point in, in this series, because I've got a lot of data on, on some of this stuff. But one of the strange things in the Bridgewater Triangle seems to be a lot of crime and what was found in the mm, 80s, really, as being this satanic cult worship found in the free Freetown State Forest. Um, now, generally speaking, if you all at home don't know this, in the 80s, there was this thing called the satanic panic. Now, the satanic panic basically, you know, fast forward, 
you know, 30, 40 years, everyone basically looks back at that time as people were crazy for saying that this stuff was actual satanic cult worship. Anyone thinking that at the time, it's been disproven, that never happened, and it was just this like, it almost feels honestly like some type of bizarre psychological operation to get people not to look at satanic ritual abuse or take it seriously, just to be honest with you, you know? And I don't know what your take on that is, John. I, you know, I never looked into the satanic panic stuff. Oh, yeah, it's an interesting article there, the moral panic. Um, I, I do seem to recall hearing a lot about it and, and a lot of talk about Satanism that, yeah, it really was like culture wide for some reason. Um, and, and I, I've always stayed way, way, way far away from that stuff. And even, even like putting my mind towards it in a way to even try to understand it because I've, uh, I can feel I can feel a darkness. Oh yeah. I can feel a dark. Like even, even when I watch videos where people are just investigating that kind of stuff, I could feel, I could feel something not good, not from the person, but from the attraction that they're bringing into that video, even to all the people who watch it. So for me, like I've always just felt, nah, that's not what I really want to feel. I always, have kept that at bay in general, sure. um, is, you know, especially with, I mean, as a remote viewer, you, if you're not sensitive before you begin remote viewing, you become really sensitive and empathetic and you feel all vibrations, you feel all en energies. And so it's like, even on the remote view, well, especially on the remote viewing side, we wouldn't go remote viewing any of this stuff. We wouldn't go, we wouldn't go remote viewing this stuff. Yeah. We get, you know, we can get affected and we can get uh, interaction. But you can remote view, you, you can remote view, view peripheral things. And yeah, you know. sort of, hmm. sort of, sort of. Okay. I'm going to give you an example and tell you some stuff just to kind of fill you in on this whole thing. Cause I think it's yeah. a good opportunity for that. And it totally relates to this episode. So there was an episode that I produced. Um, it's on rise.tv. Now we just republished it and it was all about Ted Bundy. Now, I just did a deep dive into Ted Bundy. I was curious about it. And I found lots of things that I couldn't explain that were basically brushed aside and are were made fun of <clears throat> historically when, when all of this was being researched or it was brushed over as if it wasn't evidence of something larger. And it's very important that those things get looked at. I think there's a lot of stuff that's like this. Like, for instance, there is a there is also here it is right here. Ted Bundy, deep, deep state puppet you can check that out. You guys, if if uh, if you want on Rise TV. Well, actually, that's really fascinating information like that, like what you're talking about there, like uh, like the weird. There's so many weird connections on that. you got to lay some of that out. OK, but what I want to tell you is that this is where I got I kind of started getting scared in a way is that every this basically this basically snowballed into connecting to almost every, not every other serial killer, but other serial killers and other things that have taken place that people haven't put together that started to unravel into, I'd better not talk about this. That That's how bad it got. Okay. Yeah, now, yeah. the things that I will tell you about Ted Bundy that I can, because these people are largely no longer with us, it's easier to talk about, right? Is that Ted Bundy was a very 
charismatic guy. He, 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 he was very good at speaking and appearing as if he was like with it. And he was very sneaky in how he pulled women in. You know, he would, he would put a cast on, he would, you'd make women feel bad for him. He'd stuff them in the car. And then, you know, you'd get him doing these things that were just the worst things ever. I mean, the body would be left in the forest. He would come back to perform necrophilia on the body several times. However, what they're not telling you and that I will tell you is that that's not the whole story. Actually, most of these bodies that were found had freshly shampooed hair. They were dressed up like very nicely and and by different investigators that investigated this this is not me saying this is that it would be impossible for one man to be acting alone and have performed things the way that they were performed now at the same time if you read ann rule's book all around the ted bundy and all around the stuff that was going on at the time there were cattle mutilations that had been happening in the area around the same time that Ted Bundy was performing all of these acts. In addition, how did Ted Bundy go from being a completely no-name individual completely to starting to get involved in politics and then driving all the way from Washington State down to Florida to take part in organizing the rock, the, what was his name? Uh, something Rockefeller. Uh, his his presidential campaign at that time, Rockefeller was running at that time. I can't remember his first name because there's so many Rockefellers. He's running at the time. He organizes, not just like he's involved, like but even right. still, even involving is weird because you're literally driving as a no name individual from Washington down to Florida to take part in in the campaign for is it Nelson Rockefeller? Nelson Rockefeller. Oh man! How do, how do you do that? How do you do I that know, as, right? an, as a no-name individual, unless it has something to do with you and your character? In addition to that, after he gets nailed for the entire thing, that's crazy. He, that after he gets crazy. nailed for the entire thing, John, he's in prison. He he ends up trying to break out of prison three times, I think it was, and one or two of the occasions there were car keys magically left in cars for him to drive away in. The, he just yeah, happened upon a yeah. car with the car keys left in the car. And so if that's not enough, while he's in prison, this is what got me looking into this, is he makes a phone call to um, to Charles Manson. He, he There's a recorded phone call of Ted Bundy calling Charles Manson to be like, hey, what's up? Yeah, we're alike. Oh, my God. They don't oh know one God. another. And if you listen to their phone call, it's weird. That's just like... Okay, That's so then, so up. then I started looking into Charles Manson, of course, because I'm like, where's the connection here? Is this something else going on? Charles Manson had a very similar situation where he's this knucklehead from like Kentucky somewhere or something like that. Nobody likes the guy. Everybody hates him. He's a dirtball, right? How do you go from being that guy to all of a sudden having like serving prostitutes in a Hollywood like in Hollywood, literally, right. you're serving prostitutes. You're hanging, you know, you're hanging out with all of these people serving, and you do, you develop this Manson family that then ends up killing Sharon Tate, the I don't know what you want to call it, the significant other of Roman Polanski. My point is, if you look at all of the data around Ted Bundy, Washington State, all of that stuff that was going on. You have very similar things going on in those woods that were right. happening 
in the woods in Bridgewater, Massachusetts, Freetown. You have the you, there was cattle mutilations there. You have uh, strange bunkers with really weird symbolism. What was happening, John, is in Bridgewater, Massachusetts, you have these hunters that are going out and they're seeing the symbols while they're hunting and they're reporting it back to the police. And there's one guy who I think has gigantic nads, excuse me for saying so, Detective Alan Ives, who basically, in my opinion, blew the top off of the 80s satanic panic because all of this stuff was going on. All of these people are afraid, and then they're being made fun of for calling out what they're seeing as cult activity. They're seeing cult activity. It's not like it, like there's evidence of cult activity, and you're getting made fun of. It's, it's this right. strange gaslighting that's going on that has been going on for a really long time. Right. Why can't we talk about that stuff? Like, you know... And, and at the same time, you have these guys over in Bridgewater, Massachusetts. Um, what was this guy's name? The guy that did the killing. He had he, he was the pimp. Drew. What was his name? His last name was Drew. Carl Drew. Carl Drew is, is working with prostitutes in the area. Um, I mean, you have you have them actually. This is Alan Ives, guys. So you have them actually, what's that? Alves, Al, Alvis, excuse me, Alan Alvis. Um, you have, so he's investigating the entire thing and he's just seeing more and more bizarre stuff, right? There's a couple of guys that end up going undercover in the area and they go to some of these satanic rituals that are being conducted by this Carl Drew guy, you know, with the other, with the other people. Um, and, and a lot of this stuff is unraveling. I mean, we're talking about bodies being found with their heads cut off, with their skulls smashed in, prostitutes being killed. One of the prostitutes even wanted to talk. And she was going to meet up. What was this? Pro I don't remember this prostitute's name. She was going to talk. She ends up. Um, she was willing to be interviewed by the police, but suddenly disappeared. And then six months later, her skull was found beside a clump of her hair cat skulls and sheep bones and you and and we're crazy for calling out this is like satanic ritual abuse or something like that there's something wrong there yeah there's something wrong there clearly something wrong there yeah that's just yeah i don't know it kind of reminds me of a funny story though once um <laughs> it wasn't funny at the time so i was like i was in training as a remote viewer and we we look at we look at a lot of different things because when you're training as a remote viewer, you want to be able to um, understand what it feels like to view all these different things. Right. And so I was on this one session and there were other viewers around too, and, and the trainer and all this stuff. And I had, um, I had someone monitoring me and I was, I didn't know. I said like, we're blind when we're yeah. remote viewing and I don't know what I was viewing. And, and, um, I was, I was just writing stuff down. I was describing an individual describing this subject. It was a male subject. John, subject... do you mean, when you say you're blind, do you mean that you were blindfolded or when you No, like, we wear dark glasses and we have a stick. <laughs> no, 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 no. Blind meaning, meaning we don't know what we're going to, what we're going to remote view. We right. have no idea. Right. Got it. Yeah, exactly. So, so I was, I was remote viewing. I was describing this individual, this male subject who um, who had this very cowboy-like attitude, kind of didn't care. Um, he would go against the grain and stuff like that. 
I didn't get anything like overtly negative or anything like that in the session. And when we remote view, we go after like low level information, just low level descriptive information. Yeah. It's like, you know, kind of like that. Right. So, so I'm remote viewing a subject that reminds me of that. And we, we have to like write down every single thing that we get, even if that is some kind of like deduction on it, it's not considered data. And we dump that stuff off to the side of the page, not where you put the actual data. So at one point I'm like, um, um, deduction subjects like me, right? The subjects like me, because I was relating to this attitude about the subject as having this sort of like cowboy kind of, I don't really care so much. I'm going to do what I want. I mean, like that. So, okay. So I finished the session and my monitor's just looking at me like, like all weird oh no and 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 she we're we were doing this outside we were like in some park and all of us viewers were outside doing it she takes it to the the uh the trainer prudence uh and um and they like have me stand a little bit away and and she's like flipping through the session and she points to something and they both look up at me and they're both looking at me and then and then my monitor gives me the feedback and it was a serial killer. And so I literally had to convince them that I wasn't a serial killer. <laughs> yeah, but what you just said, John, is why Ted Bundy was so scary and why a bunch of these serial killers are scary. Not all of them, but some of them. It's because right. they can pull right. off. Is it is it multiple personality disorder? Because they're actually pulling off being a normal person in society with a straight face and then behind the scenes right crazy right. stuff is going on right 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 who knows exactly. what you were looking at you could have been looking at whatever that facade was and you didn't get any of the insanity behind it i didn't get any insanity in it nothing i just i just related to one single aspect of a subject during a session and then they thought that i was perhaps a serial killer so it's That's like God. <laughs> yeah yeah. How, like how many times in your life do you have to try to convince somebody that you're not a serial killer? <laughs> Great story Never. for the family there. Yeah, exactly. What was the name of this movie again with Jim Carrey? Is a something Irene, I think. Or Cable Guy. Maybe that was the Cable Guy. I can't, it was me, myself, and Irene, right? And this is about like the multiple personalities or whatever. Yeah. I don't even yeah. think I ever watched that all the way through. So but yeah, so like, what do you, what do we, like, what's going on there at the Bridgewater Triangle with this stuff? But like, why, why kind of weird stuff? Why is why? there all that satanic ritual abuse in the in the Freetown State Forest? I mean, what do you think? Like, why, why would there be a a, a influx of activity in that area? Well, I, I you know, I personally think that um, that I don't know. I personally think that this happens in a lot of different forests in general, because people have a place where they can hide it to a degree mm -hmm. um, late at night. Um, but of course, you know, there's something else going on. There's something else going on there at the same time uh, that is energetic based, right? There's something clearly, I mean, with the data that we have on it, which was in the last episode, because there's a huge influx of energy, I do believe that you have certain types of individuals that are trying to connect into that energy, whether it's conscious or subconscious, where they can begin to, it's like a, a Ouija board in nature, 
you know, it's it's like it's like they can go there and, and try and call on something from another realm because the veils are so thin. Hmm. I mean, I'm not going to remote view it. I don't know. I don't want to. But do you think it, do you think that they're they are aware of this and they're trying to pull from the energy that's already in the area? Or do you think that it's it's just the mix, the recipe of things that's causing the activity in the first place? Like it's, it's like a magnet for different energetic things. Well, I think there's a couple of different things happening. I think number one, what I think is going on is that there are beings who exist in other realms where that veil is so thin that will come out and start to go after people who are weaker minded for one thing. I well, and we that. saw some possessions on these on these yeah. uh, documentaries, right? Yes, yes, yes. I think that there's because you have the, this other realm connection there. I think that's what you get. You get these other beings who want to come in and and mess with uh, the humans that go into that area, that go into that forest. And I think that's why you see the possessions. I think that's why you see the crazy murders that happen there. I think that, and then I think on the Satanist side, you have probably a, a pushing of these energies on specific weak-minded people and they get them consciously into, subconsciously into the conscious mind to go out and do rituals to call upon more of these types of beings. And I think really it's got, it's got to come down to the energy specifically. It's got to come down to the, the veils being so thin there. Hmm. That's my opinion on it. Hmm. And speaking of uh, serial killers and 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 murders, uh, the Fall River, which is just to the, uh, I think it is southwest of that whole area, is home to the Lizzie Borden axe murders. She so Lizzie Borden, you guys have probably heard of her before. There are even rhymes about this woman. She she right. murdered her family with an axe, and the house that she murdered them in is now like a bed and breakfast that you can actually stay in. Why the That's heck so you'd want to stay in? I know. And I mean, like making money off of that whole thing is, is bizarre in the first place, uh, you know, but and, or or just kind of like just I think sensationalizing it to the point where it's pop culture is is bizarre. But yeah. that seems to be a theme now. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I find that really weird. I, I would never. I mean, I could not. I this could, is her, she, right? This is Lizzie she, Borden. She, yeah, look. She's, she's possessed. Sampaku eyes. Yeah. She is possessed. So she, you guys, uh, for those of you at home, Sampaku eyes, you should look into this yourself. You don't have to believe this. I'm not saying it's 100% legit in all cases, but there is a long history of uh, Asian doctors Japanese, the word is Japanese, Japanese doctors looking uh, at the, the eyes to see what's going on and psychologically with a person. Sampaku eyes basically means three whites. You can see white on the side, both sides, that's two, and then white on the bottom. So if the eye comes up, you know, and you can see the white on the bottom, what it means is the pressure from the brain, this is what they say, and that's not what I'm saying, is the pressure from the brain is pushing the eyes up but the, the, the pressure is coming from abnormalities in brain activity. And so right. the eyes coming down, similar thing. Um, you know, you, you can, again, you can look into this yourself. Like Charles Manson's a good example. You could see the, the, the whites above. Whites above are even worse than below, but a lot of serial killers had Sampaku eyes, which is really strange. Actually, President Kennedy had Sampaku eyes. But one of the things that Sampaku eyes could mean 
is that a person will have a uh, a death that comes too soon, basically, a death that happens naturally or unnaturally before their time. And um, yeah, it's a very uh, interesting. Oh, it's Sanpaku. Yeah, he, she's respelling that. Um, <clears throat> yeah, it's a it's a very interesting thing. But what we were just looking at is, uh, you know, the Sanpaku eyes. Um, what was the original uh, image that you had up where, where that kind of came from? We were looking at, it was Lizzie Borden. Yeah. So Lizzie Borden seems to have had that. And you could tell John was just saying like, she's possessed because she has kind of like a, a mad look in her eyes. It just feels like energetically, like when I yeah. feel her energy and I see it, see that picture, yeah, I look. feel like there's, there's a madness in there. in there. Yeah. <laughs> not just a person. There's something not in there. I feel the same way when I look at certain historical figures that it really I makes me feel here. uncomfortable. Yeah. For it's real. weird. Yeah. So interesting too, that, that, you know, the Lizzie Borden, um, that's all there. I mean, we're, we're talking also here about, um, tons of what detective Alan Alves was looking at were child sacrifice. You know, um, there was an underground bunker and a makeshift hut that that was found there were there were like dolls that were found in there with their heads cut off dolls nailed to trees a tiny chair cut out of a tree that was child sized were they bringing children here i mean it's, so is this mostly like in the freetown state forest yeah yeah Jeez. yeah you can't even get into the hockamock swamp dude like if you try to walk into that right. hockamock swamp you get stuck in the swamp it's very hard to get through right um, right so yeah, it's all it's all um, the Freetown State Forest where a lot of this activity is going on. Um, the hut was the size of a prison cell and could could have been used in the winter because it was really well insulated. Um, so in that Bridgewater Triangle documentary, there was a guy named Mark Mike Fournier, Fournier, I guess. Um, and he said that his father saw a hole in the ground, a pentagram sign, a little cot with a fire pit in the middle. And um, that's actually how the, the documentary makers found that location years after the de detectives actually had to deal with it. There's satanic graffiti. It's still on some of the wood there. Right. Um, they, they at one point found... This is terrible. I know this all is all terrible. I'm sorry for we're having to retell all of this, but um, you know there was one instance. Direct uh, Detective Alves was talking about where he found a baby that was just left in like a, I mean, in like a a bucket somewhere, a barrel alive. Well, it had been put there alive and then it had died. Now, this could have been oh, a woman man. that just threw away her yeah, sure. baby, of course, right? Not sure. necessarily satanic cult activity, but just there's lots of stuff that he was seeing in that area. And when you yeah. ask him, you know, I mean, this is a cop, right? He's like, he's dealing with very real evil here, but he will tell you that, that, that the Bridgewater Triangle, there is something strange very strange going on in that area that he can't. Right. Explain. Right. Yeah. You know, I, I do, I do like, I, I do believe I do feel because when we remote view these things, um, going to the base explanation for all of the phenomena is, is, 
even though you can't prove it, I mean, you can't prove it, obviously, like remote viewing doesn't stand up in court of law or anything like that. It's just like remote viewing just kind of gives you a direction to go for investigation on, you know, what's actually causing this stuff. But I do believe based on the data that you just have this like place where you've got dimensions coming, where you've got dimensions mixing. And so you're going to get disincarnate spirits as well as incarnate beings that are moving through the area. It's like the specters that people see in the area. Um, so, you know, this is the thing too, with the, with the um, serial killer stuff, the satanic stuff, the, I do, I feel like there's a lot of, it feels like there's a lot of, energy that possesses people in that area and the mm. energy has an intelligence to it mm. um, that wants something out of um these people in general like when i look at that lizzie borden <clears throat> picture to me it's like i can't look at it very long because there's something else in there that looks back this is the thing man it's like everything has an energy in it and the energy can actually exist can actually exist no matter how old that picture is that energy is still looking back at the people that are looking at that picture i guarantee it i know it and that's why looking at that lizzie borden picture it's like no i just want to step back from it i want to get away from it because it sees me see it yeah and you know i wonder too it's like th this is why i think karma is such a good way to describe like wrongdoing or en energetic right transactions that go on because yeah. you know it, once once something is done there are all of these repercussions like even even going back and looking at those fa those photos it still carries that energy right right i you know what i mean i'll tell you i even watched one video um that you and ben did at one point I don't remember what it was on, but I could feel the things that you were talking about looking at me. I could feel it. I could feel it just behind the veil of what you were talking about looking at me. And I do think that that you people in general really have to be careful and understand how to protect themselves because even when watching this stuff, because you have to be discerning these these when you start talking about this stuff, they don't exist in the 3D reality with ears. They exist in a reality, a fourth dimensional reality or whatever that can move through time and space and can hear the or feel the energy that's pointed towards them. So they come look. You want to hear something crazy? Yeah. So uh, one of my friends, uh, so, you know, a couple episodes ago, we were we were talking about uh, uh, Chinese pyramids, right? And so I was asking some of my friends to, to research that stuff for us. And one of the things they brought up to me was really, really interesting. And it was that in Chinese, um, you know how in English, if you were to say the word for people in Chinese, people, it actually means bag, like bag, like container. And, and it's like the idea behind it is like you are what you fill yourself with. Right. Exactly. Which yeah. is crazy. It is right? crazy because yeah. it's like oftentimes we're like, oh, well, I'm just going to go watch this movie. I'm just going to go do this thing. And we're not really thinking about the energetic transaction that's going on there when you right. do that. Right. And so it's like, you know, you are 
what you fill yourself with. And so you should fill yourself probably with good <laughs> things and not with things that are going to drag you down to be the right. person that you're not or to, to, you know, to make you someone that you're not, I think. Yeah, exactly. It's like when you look at mainstream news these days, you go to a mainstream news website, the top nine stories are always negative. You know, maybe not top nine, eight or nine out of 10 stories are always, always negative, always negative. People don't understand how they're being yeah. social engineered into darkness yeah. in general. Right. If they go to those sites, even on the like, I don't even know. I mean, there is no news these days that I even want to look at. Oh, um, except Babylon B. They're pretty funny. Just, they're just funny. Yeah, they're funny. But when you get to the positive stories on these websites, it's literally about something like man lost his leg and runs a marathon. And that's the positive story. <laughs> it's like yeah. everybody's being engineered into darkness and negativity when it comes to that world, which which is a really fascinating thing. You can engineer people towards feeling positive about yeah. themselves and being inspired about everything. Yet yes. people always want to go the dark path. Yeah. Why? I, why, Dude, I this is the thing that drives me crazy is it's like, do you know how effective a art form like modern day film would be with the special effects that we have to to actually try to to retell like good, beautiful yes. stories and right. all of it's like horror stories or, you know, we have like, you know, tons of like over the top violence or whatever it is. And it's just, this is the, you know, this is the direction. That, <laughs> it's crazy. I know you it's know? crazy. It's absolutely crazy. It, it's, it's like trying to inspire people into feeling good and to try to take themselves like spiritually, vibrationally to a higher level is a difficult thing to do. It's a difficult thing to do. Um, and there's nothing really out there that that I can point to network wise that is trying to do that. Like, why is it that they always look at any garbage on TV, regular TV these days, just literally just wanting to be scared, wanting to be scared. When I was working with producers, Hollywood producers on stuff, it was always, it was always around how do we scare the audience? Fear. Because the yeah, audience fear. wants to be scared. Always, yeah. always. And you get to the ghost shows and you get to a lot of this stuff that people go out to um, Bridgewater Triangle for. <clears throat> they get goosebumps in the dark. Really, that's all that's happening to them. They, they get goose, it's dark and they get goosebumps and they say, I'm scared. And that is as far as these things go. But it's right? not a nice feeling. But it's people keep nice coming feeling. back for it. People want to be scared. I don't understand them why. I don't understand the whys around that. I, I just don't get it. Yeah, it's like, you know, it. all of these, like all these stories, like about these different things, like um, Slender Man and stuff, the creepypasta stuff that's out there. Right. And I read it and I'm like, like it, it, in reality, if that thing had happened to me or I had seen this thing in real life, you, you know, there's one of two things that are going to that are going to happen. One is you're going to run like hell. Two is you're going to go after that thing because it's a reaction. It's like a it's like a, a primal reaction inside yourself just to fight back, you know, and and, uh, you know, the the fear thing is like, I don't understand. Like, I, I haven't just I don't watch horror movies like thrillers. Fine. Horror movies. Like, what's the point? Like, I don't I don't want to watch Human Centipede. <laughs> <laughs> You know, like, 
it's like garbage, but it's, yeah. uh, anyway, it's a, it's a strange thing that, that we do in, in our, in our world right now. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not into it. Not into it. That's why like, um, you know, like for the stuff going on at the Bridgewater triangle, I understand why it's happening. I understand why the satanic stuff is going on. Um, and for me, it's more like, why even point in that direction? Because as much as there's dark stuff happening there, if people decided to look, there is going to be beautiful light stuff happening there as well. But we Absolutely. don't want to look at that. Great, great thing to say there about, about because, because I think it's oftentimes it's the bad stuff that keeps getting brought up because people are so right. shocked. But they want to be them? scared. It's like what yeah. they've been trained to go for. Well, and, and, you know, I mean, and look like some of this stuff there, there really is stuff to be scared about. One of the things that freaked me out so much about, um, Alan Alvis and, and, and the, like what the detective was doing is when he recounts the story, he talks about how there was this one instance of him going through the entire, you know, how hard it is to get something done in a bureaucratic police office. You're right. trying to get he, he had a, an entire strategy to get dogs out into those woods to find bodies. They had the entire thing set up a couple of hours before he was going to go out there and get the dogs to sniff out any of the bodies. It was completely cut off by what he called the powers that be, which oh, wow. is so that, even so scarier like, what? in a way. Wait, it's, wait a second. Yeah. What? Even scarier than the actual satanic cult worship, because that sort of alludes to there being some type of cover up that's going on of the satanic cult worship and perhaps more powerful players that are making the calls about these things or police officers in the pocket, you know, who, who are in the pocket of some individual who's making a call on this. I mean, that's scary stuff. How many bodies are in that forest, John? Oh, humans. Oh, yeah. those darn three. I don't, what, 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 what are we going to do with the human race? <laughs> I mean, God, really? Like, seriously. How, and, like, and it, so that would mean that, that authority figures, officials are actively covering up murders based off of satanic worship and stopping the police from investigating it. Which comes right back to this whole idea that anyone who called out satanic cult worshiping in the 1980s and got criticized right. for it, should they have been? I mean, look at the look at the actual evidence of this. You know, right. hey, I'm not saying I'm not I'm not blaming certain individuals. This isn't me talking about religious stuff. What I'm saying is if someone is doing bad things, nefarious things and committing crimes, Right. Or or doing things that lead to crimes. I mean, shouldn't shouldn't it be cracked down on? Of course it should, because it, we're talking about things escalating from, you know, OK, there's a doll hanging on the wall with its head cut off to, OK, there's small animals and birds that are being sacrificed. There's larger animals being sacrificed. There's a slew of large animals being sacrificed. There's human bodies being found. Why would we not have canines going through? Right. the free state, you know, forest and, and finding more of them to figure out what's actually going on and see how big that rabbit hole is because we got to stop it. Shouldn't we stop it? I think it, well, I think at a certain point it, it has to be a thing for the people to do in general for the people that are concerned about it, as opposed to those that rule over 
I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, like, I'm not talking like go be a vigilante and in general, I'm talking about like investigating and really trying to understand it. But and, and as a mass, as a mass of people doing it, as opposed to single individuals, because I think that's where it gets very dangerous. Um, yeah. I mean, this is, this is some seriously dark stuff, especially when it comes to the cover-ups. Yeah. And I mean, you know, the thing is, and, and one of the reasons why people don't talk is like this story I was telling you before about one girl. She was a prostitute, I guess. She was willing to be interviewed by the police, then suddenly disappeared because probably these cult people found out what she was yeah. doing. Six months later, her skull was found beside a clump of her hair, cat skulls and sheep bones. I mean, I think yeah. you, what is going on, dude, you know? Yeah, it's, you know, and then, of course, like there's there's more ridiculous things going on. Um, but, you know, the way I look at it is when I went into all of this research, you know how I am, right? Like I knew that that stuff might be looking back, but I was like, what are they more afraid of? Exposing this stuff is it's like that's the thing we can do that right, sheds exactly. a light on it so that, you know, we can actually conduct ourselves like normal human beings and not be afraid anymore. Yep. I like, think people have to be aware, though. I think people need yes. to be aware of what looks back. They, they should to, be. begin to have energetic discernment. You know, that's what I think. That's and, that will open people up into a whole new realm, whole new world of being where where you understand the difference between truth and lie based on what's coming out of someone's mouth. I mean, that's the big problem we have right now. That's lies, true. pure lies coming out of mouths and nobody knows what's what. Yeah. You, guys, mean, you can know through energy. You can. Yeah. And, 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 and there are people that are trained to be able to tell those lies very well. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah. And I, and I also think that part of it is why should, why should we be afraid? This is the way I look at it. Fear yeah. is such a prominent thing. It's like, why should we be? It's actually people doing those things are weak because they're trying to obtain energy to get somewhere else that that one could achieve on their own by normal means, not doing any of that stuff. You know, Absolutely. it's a power. It's a power grab and it's wrong. And if if more people rejected that idea and were not afraid and it was a, just a disgusting act, it'd be much harder to. Yeah, definitely. To pull those off, I think, too. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, we're going to wrap this episode up. And in the next episode, we are going to be talking about something you guys have been waiting for. UFO encounters, light orbs that make no sense, ghost activity, a redheaded hitchhiker, and uh, a mad trucker that runs people off of the road, ghost trucker. Um, it's going to be a really fun episode. Uh, so please definitely check out that next episode on the Bridgewater Triangle. And uh, I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did and felt like it was as out of this world um, as we can get on this show, which is pretty much every episode. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And don't play with your Ouija board in the Freetown State Forest. Dude, I have I have so many stories of people coming to me telling me about their crazy experiences with Ouija boards yeah, that we'll get into show on that. When we when we get into the Rhode Island episodes eventually, or when we travel out there, uh, we may even interview this guy because crazy. I mean, the, these examples of Ouija boards possessing people or whatever by individuals. I'm not saying that. These are what people have told me is crazy. Yeah. 
All right. Well, anyway, we'll see you next time. Definitely check out our next show, part three on the Bridgewater Triangle, UFOs and other strange phenomena.